You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bray Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about the bookish internet and interviewing author and illustrator Johnny Sun. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I brought this book to show you. It is called All Summer Long. It is a graphic novel, comic book... Um, illustrated and written by Hope Larson. Cool. Uh, the New York Times bestselling author, Hope Larson. Ooh. She used to live in Los Angeles. She doesn't anymore, but she is a friend of mine. And she sent this my way. This is a book for ages 10 to 12. It's like a very tween sort of book. And it's about the summer in between. It's very tween. It's about the summer in between. All like, the eens. I know. Like, um, kind of like the summer where you're sort of getting a little bit older and it centers around this girl named Bina and she is really into music and her best friend is a boy and he goes off to soccer camp and leaves her alone for the summer and he doesn't want to do any of their like childish stuff anymore. And so she's sort of like learning, like, you know, getting a little bit older but also still like continuing to be herself. It's really cute and Aww. anybody, I, I would suggest it, um, it says the age group is 10 to 12 on the back because I was trying to figure out how young you could give this to kids for but I even think a little younger would probably be okay. I um I would definitely give this as a gift to like somebody's kids, somebody who has ten year old children, um because I think that it is a really cool book about sort of like staying yourself and Aww. loving music, but also like dealing with stuff that happens when you're like a ten year old and it's summertime and you're left alone and you're and like you're you can get into trouble. So that's. All Summer Long by Hope Larson. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I'm reading a book called The Clasp by Sloane Crosby. And it's a really funny book. It's literary fiction. It's all about there are these group of friends and they were all friends in college. And now they're in there. Now they're like all turning 30 and one of them's getting married and they all get back together to like go to the wedding. And like they all kind of secretly hate each other and they all talk shit about each other behind each other's backs. And like some of them are having good lives and some of them are having bad lives and they're all feeling kind of sad and um, and then at the wedding, something happens and they find out about this weird mystery about this, the, um, mother of the bride has this necklace and they, the, the whole group of them em- ends up going on this like trip across Europe to find this necklace. And oh, I like that. it's really, it's really, really funny because all the characters are so cynical and like sarcastic and just like so done with each other's shit after knowing each other for so long and oh, like yeah. sick of like aging. It's really good. Is it like, a, is it a mystery? Oh, I'm, I'm only like 100 pages into it, so I, have, I haven't actually got to the mystery part yet. Oh. Like, the first 100 pages is all of them just, just like, like... bitching about each other. Bitching about each other. Sounds a little too close to, like, my real-life experience. There's a really <laughs> funny scene in Los Feliz, because one of the characters goes off to L.A. to become a screenwriter, and they all kind of resent him for it. It's really funny. Where is he at? Is he just writing at, like, Mustard Seed Cafe or something? Uh, he, I think he... I, I think is it the Alcove? I think it's... Oh, oh Home. Oh, is it home? I'm pretty sure it's sure, home. Sure, good restaurant. He's the friend of his that's with him is all complaining about how he's like eating kale, and she's like, "Look what you look what you've turned into." They got a good kale salad though. <laughs> look what you've turned <laughs> into, Bria. You're kale eater now. <laughs> so that's the clasp by Sloan Crosby. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Dave writes in, if you're like me and you have a Goodreads account, you can go to the settings of your want to read section and list all your books by page number. By putting them in ascending order, you can see which books you can get through the fastest and zip through a few books easy peasy to get yourself out of that desolate book deprived funk of yours. 
that's pretty smart. Oh, I see. So you you can like be like, these are the books I want to read, and this one's the fast. This, these are the shortest, so I will read them first. Yeah, and you can you know if you were looking for something to kind of jumpstart you yourself out of a book slump, and you or or something like short to read on a plane or something. Mm-hmm. That's a really good tip. Hot tip, Dave. Hot tip. I do this on um, my Kindle where I'll go open it up and then I go to see like especially. I feel like I just read a bunch of long books, so I like was looking for short stuff, and I kind of went through to see like, oh, this average on average it only takes two hours to read. And I'm like, sweet, that's the one I'm reading next. There you go. Yeah. Alice wrote in and said, I wanted to comment about Hoopla, which you mentioned in episode 38, Fitbits for Books and Other Book Apps. Thank you for naming the books, the the episode, because we always forget the names of them. (laughs) I have been using Hoopla for over a year now. It isn't just for comics, although that is almost exclusively what I use it for. It also has books, audiobooks, music, movies, and TV shows. You only get a certain number of downloads each month as determined by how much your library is paying for access. The upside is that it's not limited by the number of people who have the book checked out. It, this is great for buzzy books. The other limit is how many checkouts happen in a day total for the library. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting way to, to yeah. cut it off. Unlike Libby and Overdrive, you cannot export as a Kindle book, etc. I love to check out comics on this because it allows you to check out issues before the trades come out. That way I can tell if I'm going to like something before spending a lot of money on it. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's great for well, comic readers. For comics, yeah. that's a really good idea. Hot tips today, guys. Hot tips. So you can always email us uh, your hot tips at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Before we talk about the bookish internet, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, listener. It's time for the Maximum Fun Drive. Guys, it only happens once a year, and that time is right at this very moment. And it's the best time to sign up as a MaxFun member or upgrade your membership. Signing up for a monthly membership supports reading glasses, but it also supports Maximum Fun and the other great shows you listen to on the network. And there's a huge range of support levels. You guys know this. You guys have been through this drill before if you're MaxFun listeners. And if you if not, you've been on the internet. You know how this stuff works. You, and Or you've listened to NPR. But there is a huge range of support levels. We're going to tell you about them. Um, but you can get you can sign up for as low as $5 a month, which is like... A cup of really good coffee. It's actually, it's cheaper than buying me and Bria a cup of coffee. Oh, okay. That's, it really is. Yeah. So if you sign up or upgrade right now, like right, right, right now, during the drive, you're going to be eligible for some awesome thank you gifts, including an exclusive reading glasses pin just for Max Fun members. We love this pin. We saw it and we were so stoked. It it's says, wicked cute. It says, do not disturb the re- reading. Yeah. Don't, do not disturb the reading. Not don't. Do not disturb the reading. And it is very, very cute. We'll tell you more of all, all the amazing gifts you can get later in the show, but why not become a member right now while you're thinking about it? Just head to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Fill out the form with some basic information, including what shows you listen to and your payment information, and you're all set. It's easier than, like, buying something with PayPal. Yeah, and you just make sure that you choose Reading Glasses as one of the shows you listen to because that's how your contributions are distributed. So if you're like, I listen to Reading Glasses, we get a percentage of your $5 or a million dollars a month, whatever you choose to get. Yeah, all those millionaire readers who are listening to the show. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. So that's MaximumFun.org slash donate thank you for your support let's get back to the show this week it's all about the exciting world of the bookish internet so when we talk about bookish internet we're talking about the bookish community online so readers reviewers and this is on social media and on news sites that talk about book news it's just sort of like readers online 
Yeah, I feel like people are using these phrases quite a bit, like like film Twitter or like, yeah, like there's all these like different words we use for these communities that people are involved in. And this is a, just a very specific community that you can get involved in online. That's what the bookish internet is. Yes, it could be on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, any social media site you use, except maybe Tinder. I don't know about that. I may, I don't, you know what? Why not? What if you're like a person who just has like book, I, this is, this is where my knowledge of Tinder goes. Oh man, that's, well, that was my, when I was on Tinder, I was, that was my first question. It was, do you like to read? That was the question like on, like it said, Mallory Mara, do you like to To read? read? No, like if someone messaged me, I would just write off the bat, be like, do you like to read? That was your first question. Oh yeah. That's a good opener. It is a good opener. And would people say no? Oh yeah. Or my favorite is, my favorite is when people pretend that they read as if they could like pull the wool over my eyes <laughs> like oh well what's the last book that you read oh it's so good but i don't remember the title I'm like oh okay that's weird so besides social media it can also be on a bookish website that you love or a blog that you read the internet has vastly changed the reader community bria how did you get into the bookish internet you mean the book internet the book internet i saw that word on the internet and i when i was looking up stuff about this and i thought that's very cute um book to anything add a book to anything booktuber book internet <laughs> I can't think of anything else. I was like, like, what is my car? It's a book car. I mean, that's pretty true for us, though. (laughs) Um, I really, how did I get into it? I still like Twitter. I still use Twitter quite a bit. I'm not on Facebook at this moment. Um, Twitter's sometimes a garbage fire. Sometimes I look through it and think, I hate all these people. Sometimes I think these people are doing amazing things. So I have like a very weird love-hate relationship with it. But I did, early on in Twitter, I was kind of, I was an early adopter of Twitter because my one of my best friends is a big internet guru person. Guru? Yeah. I don't know what she is. She does internet stuff. And she was like, you got to join this thing. It's called Twitter. And I was like, sounds fantastic. I can tell people the mundane She's like, things I in like, my life. Bria's like, I like bird icons. <laughs> it's my favorite. I like to talk about the mundane things happening in my life. Anyway, early on, I started following a bunch of comic artists and comic writers that I liked. And in the early days of Twitter... I feel like you could follow someone and they really noticed. Oh, and, yeah. And now I don't look at my follows ever, so who knows who follows me. But I, at that time, I could, I could, people actually paid attention because we all had way less followers and there was a lot less going on. It was so much less talking. And, like, it'd be like, oh, hey, Brian Michael Bendis, I like your books. And he would be like, oh, hey, that's really cool. And so, like, I could actually talk to those people. I feel like the day and age of that has kind of gone away a little bit via Twitter. But you can find... Um, other readers, people reading the same things. That's true. But just like how I got into it is like, I definitely, how I started getting into the book world on the internet was definitely a Twitter thing for me. How about you? Um, well, I've always been a big reader and I u- I've used Goodreads for a long time. I think I've had my Goodreads for like seven years. Um, and I think I have two, but there's like a five year gap in there where I just didn't put anything on uh, there. See, I, I started, I was a pretty early adopter of Goodreads and I've you know I even had a big online Facebook group for the book club I ran in New England but I never really thought like the internet at large uh, until about four years ago somebody randomly sent me a book riot article and I was like whoa oh my god this website is amazing and then I started listening to their podcasts and then I started posting photos of all the books that I was reading on the internet um, mostly on Instagram and then I, I also got active on Twitter and I started following authors and I just had this amazing realization that I could curate my internet experience to make it mostly about books and I just fell in love with it and I started following book news and following like the book community online and that's sort of how I got into it and I just like 
fell in love. It made me like the internet a lot more. Curating your internet experience is really important. Um, as you know, my my fiance, he almost only follows cat yeah. Instagrams. Like if you look at it, it's really funny because it's like he follows like a hundred people and like ninety of them are cat Instagrams. And he's always like, I love Instagram. I'm like, I don't love it. And it's because he's like curated it in this really smart way where he's like, I only see things that I really care about, which is cats. Yeah, it's my and friends like, in pictures of books. Yeah, see, that's really smart. Mine is a lot of people where I'm like, I don't know who this person is. And, like, I guess I like their kids. I don't really know. Like, get, who could get, say? Get rid of people. Put more books on there. I feel rude getting rid of people, but that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother episode. That's a, I just will quit. I'll quit the app before I, like, drop that many people. <laughs> so, besides following authors and bookish people on social media, there are a lot of great websites to check out. We both love Book Riot, which is, like, a, a book news website. You get, they have great articles. They have, you know, publishing news and book news. Um, but there's other the only podcast I listen to ever. Every week. I love them. It's the only, All About Books is the only podcast that I will not miss. I, Except for our, our own. I don't listen to <laughs> ours. <laughs> um, but there's also other, if you like Book Riot, there's other sites like uh, Literary Hub is great, The Rumpus, Epic Reads, Smart Bitches, Trashy Books, if you like romance, uh, and Electric Literature are also all amazing websites. Uh, BuzzFeed Books has a big community and they're super active on their, that website has their, like their social media for them is great. And if you're a writer, Wattpad has an awesome community to check out and get into. What Wattpad is the one where you can like post your own stories, right? Yes. And then people can go in and read it and be like, I loved it. And yeah. give you notes and stuff. Yeah. Is it just stories or is it screenplays too? Uh, I think it's just like book, but stuff for the page, not for the screen. Oh, yeah, and there's also a website um, that does a This Week in the Bookish Internet link page full of articles, and it's called The Bookish Type, which is really cute. And, it, yeah, we'll link to all these things, obviously, in the show notes. Uh, and hashtags can get a little cheesy, but they are a great way to find cool accounts to follow online. So if you're looking for a specific you know, conversation about a specific book or a genre or anything that you're looking to talk about or read about, check out the hashtag for it. Like, horror, for us, it would be, like, horror books, dog books. Weird fiction, talking bear books. One thing I really like to do is when I'm posting a book that I'm reading, which is what I'm trying to do every week, it's very hard, As I look for the hashtag, I go look at who else has used that hashtag with that title of the book, because I'm like, oh, look at all these other people who read, also, I'll be gone in the dark, or whatever, yeah. which is pretty exciting. So and if you want to follow the publishing world and how the business of books is changing, you can check out the website Publishers Weekly, which is like more of an insider, like book professional website that, you know, it announces it has lots of book news, but it also like announces who got a new book deal or who got a new agent. Um, and you can listen to the Book Riot's bookriot.com's main podcast they talk about book news a lot and a lot there's a lot of like publishing industry stuff on there sometimes when you're listening to it though if you're playing it I, my fiance walked in he goes it sounds like you're listening to like a boardroom meetings yeah. boardroom boardroom like notes for the week because they literally are going through like like very businessy type stuff yeah. but if you're interested in that which like, I am I, am I, I love that yeah. podcast I think it's really fascinating he's like is this like somebody like just recording like their meeting <laughs> <laughs> from the CEO of books <laughs> The CEO of books, is that you? Uh, no, I think it would be Liberty Hardy <laughs> Okay, from Book Riot. She's, no, she's like the queen of books. Queen I'm going to talk of... about her in a minute. Okay, all right, okay. And so honestly, the best thing about the bookish internet is that it's made book culture more widely available and inclusive. It connects people that might not normally be able to participate. Like not all of us live in Manhattan and have unpaid internships at a big publishing house. You don't. I do. That's what I do on the weekend. <laughs> You're like, that's, <laughs> it is the weekend for you. Oh, that's what I do like, before I just you fly got back here at I fly back and forth. <laughs> you know, and because of the power of book internet and making it more widely available, people who, you know, the We Need Diverse Books movement happen, like the people who marginalized groups can, can kind of get a more more of a voice in the publishing world. Yeah, I mean, these online communities are a big thing, and just because they're not centralized in one place doesn't mean you 
you don't have to be involved in every single thing and read all of these websites, but you can still feel involved by reading one of them, listening to one of the podcasts, like doing something that, or just like following your favorite authors and like seeing what they're talking about. Like, I think that yeah. that is just a way to stay involved and you don't have to be, yeah, working at HarperCollins. Yeah. Where we both have internships. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, apparently me and Brianna. If you had an different. internship, where would it be? At a publisher? No. In life. Oh, I already had. My internship was at the Currently. wildlife. Currently. Oh. I don't, I don't want to do any more unpaid work. No, no, no. It's an internship, but like you're so rich that you're like just going to go do a free internship somewhere. Probably at a cocktail place. Oh, yeah. That's what you would want to learn about is like cocktail yeah. stuff. Yeah, because I like everything else I do is for a living. Yeah, that's true. What okay, about yeah. you? You would be dog stuff. Uh, no, I would do that thing where you get to go hug pandas. You would be a panda mom? No, there's like something where you get to like baby pandas like need hugs. Yeah, or you'd something. be a panda mom. <laughs> I don't know if they need hugs, but I, like, I saw it on the internet <laughs> the where panda, they're like, there's the a pandas are like, Bria, they really don't like being hugged, and you're like, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they die without hugs. <laughs> <laughs> don't we without all? Though? Constant hugs. Don't we all? That's what I would do. It's if like I had all the money in the world, I'd be a go panda be a mom, panda hugger. No, so I don't want to like breastfeed them. <laughs> <laughs> like I want them to be like. You want to be a panda aunt? Yeah, panda aunt, like a real cool panda aunt and aunt, and I and I just like hug them all day i bet they smell bad but i you want to know something really sad about pandas yeah yes they're not soft Ugh, really so you don't want to hug them no why are they not soft have you touched a panda i used to go to school for this but not for pandas, pandas? not for no but i've never touched a panda but their fur isn't like soft and silky it's really coarse and and brittle and like a like a bear's I've never yeah. touched a bear. I don't know why I'm acting like I have. I don't, we're so off topic right okay, now. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway. We'll just... do a separate show about the best animals to hug. <laughs> Number Ranked one, with not, not pandas. Not pandas. <laughs> There's this cute video I found that has a definition of stuff you read on the bookish internet, which I thought was great, uh, by a person called Whispers of the Silent Wind, and we will link to this one where she, def- she defines words like arcs, DNF. I didn't know that one. Do not finish. Yeah, good one. And a book hangover. <laughs> good one. Good one. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> um, anyway, but I will link to that because it's basically like you want to get in on the bookish internet. You need to- here's the word. Here's the lingo. Here's and I thought lingo. it was a super cute little video. That's awesome. Bria, how has the bookish internet changed your reading life? I get a lot of my book recommendations from authors online. That's basically where I base. I don't know. How- I actually was thinking about this and I was like, how has it changed? And then I was like, what would I read how would i know what to read next if i didn't follow all these authors on the internet who recommend books it's actually really important to me that's how i decide what i'm gonna read next that or blogs i read shout out to io9 i read their blog pretty regularly just for general sci-fi stuff but also they have a really good uh they do book recommendations every month but yeah i don't know i i i like would be lost without this book about without the bookish internet yeah i don't know what i would do how has it changed your life I mean, I'm I'm the same way. I almost exclusively find books to read by hearing about them on social media. Uh, I see other people talking about them or hear about them on book podcasts. Uh, I mean, it's helped me find countless new books and authors. And also early on, it helped me realize that I wasn't reading inclusively. Uh, now the internet makes it so much easier to find diverse authors to read, not to mention like specific stuff that I really want, like scary books, books about talking bears. Uh, I follow a lot of people on social media who post about books. That's kind of like most of my community. It's like I kind of overlap the film and book community uh my friend liberty hardy she's probably the queen of the bookish internet i think uh but she's also into weird fiction and horror so i always pay attention to what she's reading uh and i like i like being part of like the bookish conversation like the things that people are talking about the movements that are going on it makes me it's it's good for me as someone who works from home 
And I'm now I, I no longer live in I used to live in Brooklyn. I used to feel like I was like, oh, I'm part of the bookish world. But I'm kind of removed from that now, especially in L.A. So it makes me feel like I'm still part of like what's happening, like the all the, the conversations that are going on. It makes me I like it. I like being feeling like I'm part of a community because in Brooklyn, like you just walk up and everyone has a book, like holding a book. Yeah, all everyone the looks time. really hip. <laughs> well, I used to go to tons of publishing events uh, yeah, yeah, all yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. So you can send your thoughts on the bookish internet to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we interview Johnny's son, we're going to take a quick break. I love, love, love reading glasses. I've only recently got into podcasts, but I was really excited to find one that has reflected my love of both Max Fun and of reading. Reading Glasses Podcast is the best podcast out there. It's the only one I listen to every single week. Reading Glasses is my favorite Thursday podcast. Sometimes I go back and re-listen to old episodes. I love that two really brilliant women talk about reading, not talk at us about reading this or that, although their suggestions are pretty great. Bria and Mallory are the coolest. They believe in radical literacy, and they even helped me stop falling asleep every time I read a book. They have become my reading lights. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Keep reading. Happy first Max Fun Drive reading glasses. Thank you everyone for all the wonderful things you guys are saying about reading glasses. Yeah, the amazing support of our fans is so important to making the show. We love it. Have you ever been like, damn, I wish I could buy those ladies a cup of coffee. Maybe a drink. Mallory loves drinks. I love drinks. Well, now's your chance. You can support reading glasses. The Maximum Fun Drive is happening right this very moment. We come to you asking for your membership only once a year, so please show up for us now. It makes a huge difference, and you'll feel great every time you listen. Signing up for our monthly membership supports reading glasses, and we have memberships that work for every budget, including five bucks a month. You couldn't even get me a crappy cocktail for that. And this <laughs> is way better. <laughs> because if you sign up during the drive, you get awesome gifts. Yeah, so let's take a minute to talk about these gifts uh, right now, okay? So for $5 a month, you get exclusive bonus content, which is all sorts of cool stuff. We just made an exclusive bonus show for everybody for this level, and it's very fun. We gave um, a book recommendation based on other Max Fun shows, like to pair with other Max, Max Fun shows. So it's a super fun bonus episode that you will only get if you become a Max Fun member at the $5 level. So, and also for 10 bucks a month, you get the cutest little reading glasses. Do not disturb the reading pen. You want this shit. I want this shit. It is really, really adorable. For 20 bucks a month, you get all of that, plus the Max Fun Family Cookbook. We um, gave a recipe for this cookbook, and it's a cocktail designed by Mallory. What a surprise. But it's a book-themed cocktail, and what better to combine your love of reading with your love of drinking? It tastes like, it tastes like a, a library. It tastes like an old book, but in a good way. Oh. Okay, an old book in a good way. Yes. Also, you get a um, you get space themed cookie cutters at this level. That's the twenty dollar level. So you get a Mallory thing and a Bria thing. That's true. I do love cookies. You can make dystopian spaceship cookies <laughs> to eat while you're while you're eating while you're reading your dystopian space novel. Yeah, guys, that's only twenty bucks a month, which is a pretty sweet deal. So at thirty five dollars a month, you get a one liter juice carafe that's beautifully engraved with the Max Fun Rocket logo. It's not just for juice. You can put in anything. You can make a you could batch up that ma that reading glass cocktail and put it in there and drink a whole shitload of it if you're having a really bad day it's it sounds amazing also you could just put like i'm looking at a photo of it it just looks so adorable you can come over just offer someone anything out of that thing i'd drink it oh yeah Water. poison <laughs> poison <laughs> cup of old piss <laughs> and if you're like really fancy and you want to get in there Where would you get all that pee? <laughs> 
Why is it old? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you're like a if you have a, if you're a baller and you got a ton of money, we're gonna tell you about some real fancy things you get. So like fifty dollars, what do you get, Mallory? You get a metal engraved Max Fun membership card. Whoa, you Super pull that cool. out, people are impressed. And you could probably sharpen it and like stab people with it if if they don't die from your poison. I don't know why we're killing people with all of our Max Fun <laughs> gifts. Hundred dollars, you get membership in the Inner Circle, the Monthly Culture Club, and immortalization at Maximum Fun headquarters. And at $200, you get a free registration to the Max Fun Con at 2019. So the drive runs for just two weeks. Don't miss it because you're going to be missing out on all these cool pledge drive gifts. Head to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Thank you so much, folks. Yeah, we can't tell you how much we appreciate your support at whatever level it works for you. We love hearing from you guys every week. We love our community that we've created. So this is just another way for you guys, for, to, for us to bring you content every week. Yes, but we work incredibly hard on this show, guys, with the Maximum Fun team. And this is the best way for you to help us continue making reading glasses. So here we are with author, illustrator, and wonderful internet person, Johnny Sun. Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. Johnny, what are you reading right now? Oh, man, I'm reading a bunch of different things. I've been reading um, like some comics, some books of essays. Uh, I just picked up this book called 100 Essays I Don't Have Time to Write by the playwright Sarah Rule. And it's brilliant because it's they're just like these two pagers um, that are just like really, really strong ideas um, that are just like, it's just like the thesis for the essay. And then the rest of the essay isn't there. And it's kind of nice because they, you can go through them fast. And it's um, this like very, very like poignant and sweet um, collection, which is really cool. I've also been reading like Lisa Hanawalt's um, graphic novels, My Dumb Dirty Eyes and Hot Dog Taste Test. Um, and I like, I just finished studying for my PhD exams. So I've been like head deep or like shoulder deep or knee deep into, I've just been deep into um, like academic um, books about like Twitter and online communities. Um, there's one that is sitting on my desk right now called Twitter and Tear Gas, which is by Zainab Tefeki, who is um, an expert in like civil disobedience and protest culture and activism culture and how Twitter and like online um discourse kind of influences protests all around the world. And that's like a totally different aspect of, um, I guess, my head that, I'm, that I've been in for a while and I'm just coming out of it. Oh, that's amazing. What is your PhD going to be in? I don't really, I'm not really sure yet. Um, I think you can ask any PhD student and you'll get the same sort of answer. Um, I'm in the Department of Urban Studies, okay. uh, but I'm, I'm interested in looking at like online communities and um, maybe like some of this activism based stuff or maybe um, more about like humor and influence and how um, like I, I mean like the Facebook stuff that's happening right now is so interesting and complex and there's so many different elements to it but I think a lot of it is based on like who controls influence now and we don't have gatekeepers anymore or like the internet is sort of losing this like idea of traditional gatekeepers and like traditional sources for news and information. And it's kind of changing the landscape on how we get information and how we're influenced. And I think there, there's something really interesting there too, looking at all these um, people online who are just kind of doing their thing and who have built followings and are um, now part of sort of like this culture of influence, I guess. So that's sort of where my head is at right now for that. But ask me again in like three months and it'll be a totally different answer. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. So tell us about your book. We we both loved it. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Um, the book is uh, about an alien who comes to Earth to study humans. And um, once he lands on Earth, he finds out that all the humans have died and he sort of mistakes animals and trees and earth creatures and plants for humans instead. And it's, um, it's sort of like a combination of a lot of the work that I've done on Twitter or a lot of like the stuff that I've been testing out and playing with on Twitter. Um, and I think it's just like really this exploration of like these different, um, elements of what it means to belong and what it means to find home and what it means to sort of feel lonely and um, what it means to sort of find people who are different from you, um, but are also who also become sort of like your family and and the people that you rely on. Um, and that's like my that's my description of it. It's also um, just like a it's like a long children's book. It's a three hundred page children's book um, with with like very simple drawings and and um, very little sort of text on most of the pages and I just wanted it to be like this cute sweet um nice thing for people to read and feel good about after so most people don't know that you can get graphic novels as audiobooks and you recently released the audiobook uh for for your book can you tell us about that process yeah that was like that was the that was the best thing ever that was so exciting for me because um like it was, a, it was a challenge for me even like before thinking about the audiobook, um, when the book came out to do the book readings, um, it was, it was kind of like, I had to figure out how to do it. And I, and I eventually just settled on, um, reading it like it was, it was a kid's book and doing it sort of like a read along style thing, um, where I'd show like the pages, um, like projected behind me, or I'd like open the book to the page and I'd sort of narrate, um, what was happening on each page. And so, that became the entire idea of how I would do the audiobook. Where if I read like just the text that was in the book straight through without sort of narrating it or like giving it context, it would read almost like a series of tweets, right? It wouldn't it wouldn't really paint the entire picture of like the alien landing and coming to Earth and meeting um, meeting all the characters that he meets. Um, so the audiobook was a way for me to sort of expand um, the way the book was written and it became a totally different thing. I wrote like a new script for it. Um, and it became this like narrative storytelling thing as opposed to just the words that were on the page. Yeah. We'd love that. That's awesome. Are there any graphic novels you'd love to hear as audiobooks? Oh man. I'd, I'd kind of love to hear, like, I'd love to know how like each author would do it differently. Um, like I'd, I'd be into, I mean, I just mentioned I was reading Lisa Hanawalt's um, books. So I would, I would be really interested in hearing how like her, her audiobook versions of, of her, like her books and her sort of like comic essays and her short stories and things that occur in the book would be described in an, in like through speech and through, through the audiobook format. I think that would be really cool and interesting. So this episode is all about how the internet can change your reading life. And do you ever check out books you see mentioned online? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think most of my, it, I don't know if this is like a sad thing or like an interesting thing or a good thing, or maybe a combination of all of it. But um, I feel like most of the, most of like the stuff that I see kind of starts from the internet now where like, a lot of interesting books and authors are people who I are who I follow, and then I see that they've put out a book or they're talking about other people's books, um, and it's sort of like this entire culture of 
of writers and interesting people sharing things that um, they're reading or that they're writing. Um, so I think the internet's like in, in like totally opened my eyes and has totally like opened up um, like this world for me to to sort of look into and to to learn from. Is there anyone in particular that um, that you follow that you that always seems to be reading something really cool or interesting? Um, I would say, let's see, there are a lot of really good answers for that. Um, right now, I think, like, I, I would point to, like, Clint Smith, um, who's a poet and a PhD student over at Harvard, who is um, just brilliant. And he's always tweeting, like, um, stuff that he's reading about, um, like, critical race theory and and other poets and just, like, a good, a really interesting and eye-opening mix of different work. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds amazing. So, yeah. Do you have any reading quirks that you want to share with us? Oh, totally. Um, I think one of my things is like you'll you'll if you like go to my bookshelf and like pick up books, you'll know which ones I've read and you'll know which ones I've like really fallen in love with because they'll be all marked up and they'll like they'll have um, like dog-eared pages and I'll just have underlined passages that I liked or highlighted things and written notes in the margins. Like I, I kind of treat and like, I, I'm sure this is like sacrilege to people. Um, but I treat books like notebooks almost where like, I, I, I try to have, like, I don't, I don't want to just read a book and sort of go from like the front page to the like back page and just have it be almost like a passive experience where I'm just reading it. Um, I really like this idea of, treating this book like this object that you have and that you can hold and that you can um, mark up and play with. And I, to me, it feels like I'm engaging more with the writing and more with, with the object of the book and the book itself um, when I can sort of highlight things and, and write notes and, and just write little kind of things in the margin and mark it up. Um, so that's my, like, that's my quirk. Like when I'm really into a book, I just want to make sure that I like, I notice everything about it and notice like all the passages that made me pause and notice all the things that made me like laugh or cry or, or that I just thought were like really, really clever. I love that. So we, if we like look through your books, we'll know the ones that really like had an effect on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Is there a book in particular that you like to gift to people? Um, the one that I've sort of been, one that I've like, I think is just, it's, it's something that like speaks to me that is just my like sense of humor. And that I think is just really sort of interesting and thoughtful and kind of weird. Um, but also very like contemporary. Um, there's this, there's this illustrator from London, his name's Tom Gold. And, um, he, I think he does the illustrations for, um, like new scientist magazine and a few other kind of publications every week. But he has a book called "You're All Just Jealous of My Jetpack," <laughs> and um, they're all they're all these very like they're like I think they're good for book people because they're very literary jokes. Um, a lot of his I think humor is he references like a lot of books and a lot of literature, and his sense of humor is very British, so it's very like dry and droll, and um, I, I think it's just like a perfect like comedy humor book. Um, for people who love books. That, so that, that would be really my excited when you said that, love, by the way. I she was him. stoked. <laughs> oh, amazing. That's great. He's so fantastic. I'm so glad. Yeah, he just, has a, he just had a new book out called um, Baking with Kafka. And uh, it's, it's very similar and it's amazing. It sounds so cool. 
So where can we find you online? Um, you can find me online at Johnny Sun uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. And um, yeah, and I, I tend to tell jokes on Twitter and I tend to not know what Instagram is for. So I just use the stories to like, to like cook with people and share my meals and and walk around and and share pictures of nice plants and stuff that I've seen. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like my my little diary of my day, I guess. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. This is a pleasure. Now it's time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. This week, we're talking about Spritz. It's an e-reading app that makes e-reading easier and faster. It sounds take- like a delicious drink. It is a delicious drink. Is it? No, I'm lying. Oh. <laughs> but isn't that, it's like a name for something, right? A spritzer? A spritzer. That's what, like, aunts drink, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what, like, yeah, you, when you're, like, on the beach in the summer, and you're like, I'll take a wine when spritzer. You, like, you're think- having a girl, gal's night. Do panda aunts drink spritzers? <laughs> Love them. We love bamboo them. spritzer. I'll take one bamboo spritzer, please. <laughs> uh, so spritz takes text and it has it pop up in a little frame, word by word, and you control the speed of how many words per minute pop up. And the science behind it is basically since since you're not scanning a whole page, you're just looking in this one single frame. You're saving eye strain and seconds. It's like mainlining an ebook. <laughs> Basically, because you're staring in one spot and it's just it's like flashcards. It's like it just pops up one word at a time. And it is a free app. Yes. I just want to say that. And it, so it's not available for, for, for books that you can purchase yet. But README is an app that can use all the public domain books on sites like Project Gutenberg. Spritz has an app that you can use to browse the Internet with and read articles. Yeah. So basically, it's like it is an app that other apps are starting to use. But you can get it on your phone mm-hmm. and you well, yeah, and we'll review it. But you can get it on your phone, but you it's basically other apps are starting to use it within their apps. Yeah. So it's huh, it's the a- inception of apps. Appception. So Bria, what did you think about this? Oh man. So I there's a technology curve to this a little bit. Um like I went like I downloaded it on my phone. I went to CNN to try to use it and it just kept reading like copyright for this photo. 2.4 Twitter shares, like all the little things on CNN and didn't read the article to me and I think it's just Truly. like I just couldn't figure out how to make it do that. Um but then I used it on an IO9 article, just something I talked about, and um it worked really great. So I think it's just like certain websites maybe are not you can't use it with. Um, but I was more interested in how it's going to work for books, so I got Readme. And honestly, there were so many things on Readme you had to pay for that I was like, I just, I just can't. I like got, I got overwhelmed by it. But I threw it, a- it is. I will say the Readme part of the app is very complicated. Complicated. Spritz itself is not that complicated. Um, anyway, so I, I finally, this is my, it was a journey. This was a journey. <laughs> you were a, you were finally a woman on your own journey, Bria. <laughs> I threw a strict script into README, put a script into README, activated Spritz, and actually worked really great. Like, it was it was really great. Um, like, I, the thing is, you got to pay it. It keeps your mind from wondering because it's like, it's flashing words at you. It's like, flash this word and it's read like it. A tiny, and yeah, it's it, like a tiny man with flashcards. Yeah, it's, yeah, it really is. And it, But it's like one letter is highlighted. So whatever, it, it, it worked great. Like, I am sort of a distracted reader, so I do kind of like to wander, let my mind wander, and sometimes think about something else. And like, but if I had to get through something, it would actually be a pretty great app. Yeah. Um. Apparently, it works great for people with dyslexia. Um. I read an article. One woman said she uh, is dyslexic, and she used it, and she started crying because she was reading so fast, and oh, she that's couldn't amazing. believe how fast she was reading. It also can help people with ADD. 
if you have trouble concentrating, which I said, like, it makes you concentrate. Yeah. If you look away from one second, you missed a word. And, like, that's a, yeah. Um, but people on the internet have complained a little bit about motion sickness. Did you have this problem? No. I didn't either. And I actually am very prone to motion sickness. So I was like, like, I can't even do VR. So I was like, I, I feel like actually that's not an issue. But um, anyway, I, I, I thought it was cool. I, I can't picture like using it unless maybe I was like, I got to get, because apparently you can get through things, like you can get through a book in like two hours. If you well, use I think it. once it gets to the point, if the, if the app, spreads and it gets popular enough and it becomes a plug-in so that like you know if you get a book from the library and it's like working on kindle and working on you know i ibooks and stuff and like any book that you like a new book you know you could use it with but i think the technology just isn't there yet it did stress me out a little bit but honestly if i was still in grad school pff, i'd fucking get this thing and like so i could like tear through a book in like an hour like fuck yeah that's crazy like that's it's pretty awesome what did you think about it i really like this oh, okay. actually which you, as you know i'm not an e-reader so i was kind of surprised uh, i think it's really cool it, it took me about it took me a minute to get used to it but i was really surprised by how easy it was to once i got the hang of it uh i can definitely see how this would be great for someone who gets eye strain mm. and if you especially if you're reading for a long period of time or you have to do a lot of reading or you want to do a lot of reading if you're like us. Um, I'd be really interested to see when they partner with some publishers and get it more widely available for ebooks. Because the same way, I, I downloaded the ReadMe app. Because the way that you have to do the, the ReadMe thing is you have to separately download a, um, right. a public domain ebook through this other thing and then upload it. And I, I checked it out that way. I didn't finish the whole book, but it was it worked pretty well. I haven't done it with an article yet. Uh, my only qualm is that you have to have your finger like right on the pause button. Because you might need, like, I have, as you know, I have way too many cats. And they like to bother me a lot and, like, walk in front of me. Yeah. So if you look away for a second, like, you miss it. But if you want to take, like, a drink of water, too, you have to yeah. be like, Ooh. Yeah, like, you have to, like. It, is, it does not let you, it doesn't, it's never like, okay, now you're taking a break. It's like, yeah, it's no, like we're not, not deep going. breath. Okay, we're let's through, go. We're getting through this book. You're getting through it. Like, yeah. it's, it's a little bossy, you know? Like, I would, <laughs> I would you on track. bossy. But if, like, you're a person who wants to speed read, because there are those people who just love speed reading. Yeah, like, or if you have a book that you really, I can, like you said, I think this would be really great for people for work or for school or if mm-hmm. there's a like required reading and you just have to get through this book. I, I think it would really speed up your time and make it easier. Or again, if you have like dyslexia and you like, you have trouble reading books, I, I mean, it's, it sounds like it works good for them. I would love to hear from people if we have any dyslexic listeners uh, who have used this because I wonder how well it would work because yeah. um, people talk about it online but I don't know if there's been like any like full-on studies about it I would give this a three out of five pages just because the technology hasn't got there yet yeah I would be interested I, I'm, tentative three out of five pages but I think once it got more widely available and got eaten like the programs that it was like the technology itself is great once the programs that use it get a little more streamlined and easier to use I think it would be a really fantastic thing yeah I'm into you I I'm gonna agree with you on that on that page on that page count um <laughs> I think I think also uh if if it was like on my Kindle and I could just make it happen it was just like the learning curve to it was a was a bit much so if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. Reading Glasses is pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to G-R-E-T-T-A dot com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite Reading Glasses moments into clips that you can share on social media. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast, on Litzy at Reading Glasses, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. Someone had told her once that mothers existed to blunt the existential loneliness of being a person. If that was true, then her biggest maternal responsibility was simply companionship. 
bring a child into this fractious, chaotic world out of the heat of your womb, and then spend the next 10 years walking beside them while they figure out how to be a person. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.